Welcome everyone to the podcast. Today with me I have our special guest, Eve Molson, and she is a trainer. She is an owner of a doggy daycare fund for pets in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Thank you for joining me again today, Eva. I'm so glad you're here. Well, thank you. It's always great to talk dog. We were talking dogs last month, and when we're done with our show, we talk a little bit about afterwards and what do you think we'll talk about in the next month last month we talked a little bit about aggressive dogs dogs who attack and you have your your special words for those and I'll let you talk about that because I think it's really (laughs) interesting but a few days later I was out walking Violet and Millie and my sister had Millie behind me and I had Violet out front and they were being real good walkers And then coming towards us is this lady with her dog. And all of a sudden her dog goes down into that staring deep into Violet's eyes and kind of getting crouching and getting low. And I was like, oh, oh my God, she's going to attack us or or he, that dog is going to attack us. So what I did, and I don't even know if this is right or wrong, but my first instinct was to shout no and get real big and stomp my foot. And, And I think the possibility of running into a dog that's aggressive or going to attack your dog uh, happens to us every day when we're out walking. And especially I'm a dog walker. You take care of dogs. You run a doggy daycare and you check in on dogs. It is your business. I think you, as you said to me, that's our greatest fear. I really want to talk about that today because it's (laughs) so pertinent when you're, when you're out walking your dogs. Absolutely. Um, We call them the oh shit moments. Yeah. Because truly, you, you, you know, you're walking your dog, you're enjoying the moment, you're, you're being proud of your dog, you're in this great mindset, mm-hmm. and then, oh, shit. Yeah. And the panic sets in, right? You immediately yes. tense up, you're eyeing that dog down, you're like, okay, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, shit, here we go. Um, and it, it, it's those moments you dread. You know, whether you're walking your dog or I'm walking a training client's dog, you just, it's irritating and it's Mm -hmm. scary. And um, it's the things you wish you didn't have to deal with, but it's just part of animal ownership as well. You know, there's, there's never a place that you're going to walk your dog that you will never, ever encounter (laughs) another dog wanting to eat your dog. Um, Or maybe you have the dog that wants to eat all the other dogs too. Yeah. So I always tell everybody, deep breath, you know, you see the dog lunging at the end of the leash, you're praying that the person has control of their dog. Um, So first we, we start with avoidance. How do we avoid the situation? The minute you saw that dog crouch, you, you did it right, right? Like make yourself big, trying to let that other dog know, like, Hey, back off, buddy. I'm bigger than you. Um, I tell people, move, move to the right, move to the left, like get out of the direct line of sight. When you're in a bar and somebody, you lock eyes with somebody and they start walking towards you, it's on, right? Like whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, you know that there is a communication that is now going to transpire because you have locked eyeballs Mm -hmm. and and you're moving in the same direction. Same with the dogs. Yeah. (laughs) They lock eyeballs. We have a rule of one, two. You can look one, two, look away. So that's where you call your dog to look at you. Um, Maybe then you do a quick little find it off to the left or to the right. Again, getting the dogs to stop making the eye contact usually helps to negate part of the situation. And I say part um, because the second piece now is the vocal. 
-hmm. And the more quiet that you can make your dog, maybe the less quiet their dog will be. If their dog is on a leash, again, you're, you're just hoping and praying that person's going to have good control. Um, and I usually just wave my hand at them. They're already feeling like crap. I mean, again, you, you have one that's been reactive too, right? Like yeah. we internally, oh, we're always yeah. like, oh my God, I forget. Yeah. Oh my God. And you're giving yourself the, the negative pep talk um, and you're already embarrassed. So I always try and just wave at them and I step up my pace and move my, my butt forward and get the dog moving with me as best I can to try and negate the situation. So that's the avoidance part of it, right? Let's yeah. just avoid it. Yeah. Move into the street. Um, I usually don't try and hold my dog still because if I hold uh, my dog still, then he has time to think about what that other dog is communicating to him. Uh-huh. Now you might be in a situation where that is the only option because of bushes or trees or exactly yeah. what have you, you know, yeah. if you are in that position, turn. So your dog's butt is facing the other dog. So there's okay. not the direct eye contact anymore. Yeah. Yeah, because I have to say that this dog was not on a leash. Oh, the owner scary. was within five feet. She just thought it was the perfect dog. And uh, <laughs> and it wasn't because it really was. There was something going to happen. And there were bushes on both sides. We were at this part of the sidewalk where there was no escape. And I was like, it was the oh shit, I'm freaked moment. I don't want to get into this fight. And um you know, and, and the owner not being really responsive, it was going to be a bad situation. And I was like, oh, heavens, I've been here before. And, but it is yeah. panic sets in and I, you know, and Violet, she's just the happiest. Every dog must like me. I am keeping her from all the friends she wants in life. Sure, <laughs> by keeping sure, her yep, away yep. yeah and uh so but she's never been in a dog fight and I don't want her to ever ever mm -hmm. be in one no absolutely and and like you said the other owner's like oh it's fine my dog's friendly right how many times have we all heard that on a walk yeah and you're like and my response is always mine's gonna eat yours <laughs> and then they go oh shit <laughs> and then they go grab their dog um but yeah when it's the off-leash scenario stomp your feet I usually tell that I start yelling at the dog, go home, go home, kettle, you know, try and think of words that I would use if I was trying to call my dog into the house. Oh. Um, and that's what I start yelling at, at their dog, go home, kettle, kettle, go kennel, kennel yeah. up, you know, like go, go to your house, <laughs> get out of here, <laughs> stomping your feet, um, doing all those things when you have the space between you and the other dog. If you have treats, start throwing them at the other dog oh. and like literally throwing them, like smacking them in the head. Cause they'll be like, Ooh, what's that? Ooh, a snack. Oh, okay. I'm going to eat the snack while you can then escape the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also carry again, I'm, I'm walking client dogs. So yeah. my fear is always, you know, having something bad happen to them. So I carry two additional items other than my treats. I always go with treats first, you know, yeah. and I've, I've always got the stinky good treats. So I just like start hurling them at that other dog. Um, and I will tell you 50% of the time that's effective. The other 50%, uh, -uh this dog wants a piece of me or the dog, one or the other. I'm not yeah. sure ever in those situations, yeah. <laughs> which one of us it's coming for. Yeah. Um, I have a can that's called pet correct. Uh, you can buy it off of Amazon. It is compressed air, but the nozzle on it makes a very unique sound. It goes, 
And that's a lot of times enough to make that other dog stop and be like, what is that? Um, And again, it's just compressed air. I don't use the doggy mace because if the wind is blowing the wrong direction, (laughs) you're getting. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't, I, you know, I really try not to make it so whatever I'm doing is going to completely freak out my dog. Yeah. Because, you know, when this rando dog's coming at us, hopefully you've moved your dog behind you so you can body block um, to the best of your ability. But yeah, so I, I use the compressed air and that is effective if they yeah. are somewhat within range. Yeah. So I'm at like the 10 foot mark for that. Uh-huh. If they're farther away and they're heading towards me, I have these little, um, they're called poppets. So the little firework that you would throw on the ground as a kid that yeah. makes a bang noise. Yeah. You can pick up a box of them for 50 cents at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. So I have those in my pouch as well. Um, I already pre-take out the sawdust and everything. So they're ready to go. They're ready to go, yeah. And if that dog is has got some good space between us, I grab that handful and I chuck those. And that popping noise has been 99% effective in making wow. the dog turn around and run the other way. I never would have thought of those two things. That's awesome. You know, the compressed air makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a great. Yeah. And, um, and you can keep doing it. So like, I usually go. Yeah. And like, as I'm walking towards the other dog. Yeah. I just saw your kitty walk by. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I like keep spraying it as I'm almost like I'm charging the other dog. And that noise, along with me moving towards the dog, is usually like, oh, my gosh, you're some foreign alien. I need to run away. Um, It's usually enough to snap them out of it. Um, The the poppets, the poppets might scare your dog, which is why, again, I use them when the other dog is a little bit of ways away, um, if at all possible. But again, it's it's something that's meant to surprise them and make them stop and scare them to go back the other direction that's that you know though that is amazing that's really wonderful because i think most people's thoughts are "Ooh, the doggy maze the bear maze the whatever maze and in, in any situation it's like it can get turned against you or you know the wind will blow and that's that's always been my fear that's why i've never carried anything like that and oh absolutely all my years of walking a dog i'm like oh that makes such perfect sense i should have thought of of that type of a compressed air now the poppets you say you can like get them at walmart and is there ever a time where maybe you should try to make your own dog know what that sound is Yep. So when all of our dogs um, that we work with in our training program, we desensitize to them. We use it as our fireworks desensitization program oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, 4th of July. Yep. <laughs> so that's where we'll do the find it and we throw the cookies on the floor and then we'll chuck one a good 40 yeah. feet away. It yeah. makes a little pop and then we go good and we reward our dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way, every time they hear one, they think, oh my gosh, really great things happen. I get cookies yeah. on the floor and, and love and affection. So yeah, so we, we do desensitize our dogs. Um, about, I would say when they're in our program, about a week before we're going to start doing some urban walking, um, we'll do that. And again, when we're doing it, we're doing it as part of our fireworks desensitization, yeah. but it also helps in these oh shit moments yeah. of that type of thing happening. Mm-hmm. Um, they're cheap, they're effective, you know, it's, it's not such a big deal. Um, yeah. I had to use them once on this lady's chihuahua. I was <laughs> highly reactive mastiff. Oh, oh um, yeah. And this, yep. 
lady was out gardening, her chihuahua crosses the street and is running at us. And I'm, I've turned around and I'm trying to jog away from them. And yeah. this chihuahua is coming at my heels and I'm reaching it, you know, and, I, and the dog I'm walking is focused that cause we're running. So he's like, yeah. Oh, we're running. You know, he yeah. has, he's not focused on the chihuahua. Good. Thank goodness. <laughs> and I grabbed the poppets and I threw them behind me. And this lady starts screaming, you shot my dog. And I'm like, Oh lady, right now, I'm just trying to save your dang dog. Like, <laughs> seriously, if this, if yeah. this massive turns around, I've got nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I have a 120 pound dog and your little five pound chihuahua is going to be gone. It's going to be dinner. It can eat the whole thing. I mean, yeah, I've seen like, that. You didn't keep it on a leash. I mean, and this thing, she wasn't even making an effort to come and get her dog. Like she just fluffy come fluffy. And I'm like, we're a block away by this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I threw those poppets on the ground and that dog hightailed it right back home. And I was like, good. I hope Fluffy never leaves her house now because she's going to think <laughs> happen when she leaves the yard. Yeah. Um, so it is good to do that against other dogs. And those are two really, really good options. I mean, but then the third thing that kind of needs to be talked about is the other person, the other human. You talked about the little chihuahua's owner really didn't get it that there was anything going on that's one thing i've run across before is the owner's like ah, eh, whatever or there's the owner that is uh as oh i don't know how quite to say it is angry as aggressive as their dog oh yes yep i've had that a few times too any advice on the best way of handling that because for me i'm not real verbal and that's why the puppets and the air would work amazingly for me all i can usually get out is a no and a stomp of the foot <laughs> because we're in panic mode we are in absolute oh, totally. panic mode yeah you know this is fight or flight mode for us as yeah. humans yeah and the dog is looking to us and you know we're we're trying to protect ourselves and protect the dog mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um again that's why that oh shit comment comes out of my mouth <laughs> so much because you are in that oh shit yeah. Uh, so in the, in the event of the lady who, or the individual who just is so flippant, like whatever, it's fine. I don't mess around. I, I try and avoid the verbal conflicts and yeah. I, just, I will go back later. I write down the address and I let our animal control officer know. Yeah. And then the animal control officer will inform them of what are the leash laws? What are the property laws regarding your pet? What are the consequences legally of your pet leaving your property yeah so i try and hand it over to them when you get the person who i had a gentleman chase me down because i think what is that oh i did the compressed air that time um and i was walking a smaller dog and his giant lab came out charging mm -hmm. us and um in that scenario so slightly different right i have the small yeah. dog and the big dogs coming at me I literally picked the dog that I had up and I put it inside someone's little fence. So the house I was next to had like a four foot high fence. And so I threw the dog in there. I still had the leash because I was like, oh my God, I hope these people don't have a dog that comes running uh -huh. out, you know? Mm -hmm. But I, I was in that panic yeah. mode because this dog came from my right and just blindsided me. Um, so I didn't have like an opportunity. I just quick picked it up, threw it in the fence. And I kicked his dog, I square yeah. in the chest and yeah. his dog let out a yelp and he, how dare you kick my dog? Da, 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 da. And he's yelling at me and I just stood there and let him scream and holler at me. And then finally I go, are you done? Well, how dare you? And I said, 
So let me explain to you. Right now, I'm going to call the police department. First off, they're going to arrest you for being verbally abusive to me. Secondly, your dog's going to get impounded for being aggressive and trying to attack me, which is why I had to raise my foot. Thirdly, if your dog is not up to date on its vaccinations or is it licensed, it will get impounded. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to continue the conversation or would you like to walk away and I can be on my way? So I non-emotional, non-confrontational, picked my little dog up and we meandered on our way. About two weeks later, I saw the guy out with his dog. And the minute he saw me, he grabbed his dog and threw the dog in the house because he still didn't have it on a leash or confined in any way. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. So it in that situation, when you got back to the office or home, did you call animal control and have them go and have a little talk with him? I did. I did. So, the reality is people don't understand the ramifications, not just yeah. the physical ramifications, yeah. but there are legal ramifications. Yeah. There are laws and ordinances. And in the scenario where, let's say that Mastiff and the Chihuahua, right? If that Mastiff had turned and bit that Chihuahua, the Chihuahua lady would be completely liable because I had a dog on a leash. Yeah. And people don't understand that the lawsuits, people can go after their homeowner's insurance. It's it's really complicated in, in a lot of states. That's how it is. It, it's just never a good scenario when something like that happens. They're, no. they're kind of your property that you need to take care of. Absolutely. And if you live in uh, an area where you have a homeowners association, you better read the fine print. There are numerous um, homeowners associations that have now put on there that if your dog acts in an aggressive manner, which means coming out and charging somebody doesn't have to bite, yeah. but acts in an aggressive manner, you can have to get rid of the dog yeah. or move. Like those are your options, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I've had two dogs that both traveled three hours down from Minneapolis, Minnesota to my facility that all had to have aggression training because that's what they were doing. Yeah. And they were deemed aggressive by the homeowners association. So that's where we had to work on the find it and the ready and, you know, get yeah. them to not want to do that. And with one of the dogs, it was bicycles and the people had an in-ground fence and the dog would run right through that fence. It didn't care. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and it would literally try and bite the yeah. bicycles. Cause um, I know with, yeah, with my pets, it can be interpreted as aggression. I have my violet on her harness and her right. leash and, and Millie, they, they look like these sweet dogs, but they, she does bark a little bit. It could be interpreted as aggressive. That's why I really work on her behavior. Mm -hmm. And we're really making huge strides with that through all that you've taught us through the, throughout these shows. It really helps immensely. It helped in that situation. But let's say, for instance, you know, that dog came and attacked her and they're and there was a fight. I mean, in the past, when I've been walking, that has happened to me. A dog has attacked the dog that was my charge. And I, I just pulled it apart. It is the worst case scenario. Personally, I didn't care if I got hurt. I just didn't want the dog to get hurt because they're kind of like my surrogate children. I don't want Absolutely. that to happen. And I did get, you know, I did get some scratches. I did get a puncture and uh, I don't know if that was necessarily the right thing to do, but I couldn't let him fight it out. What, in your professional opinion, is the best thing to do if a dog comes and attacks and 
let's say if people haven't gone out and gotten their compressed air or <laughs> poppets and or they got snuck up on and it just happened and boom it you know with no notice yeah so there's a couple scenarios one if both dogs are on a leash so let's say you know the other person couldn't control the dog still had it on the leash and it came over and you have an i'm going to use the term an active fight meaning there's Rah, 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 and they're biting at each other, right? That's an active fight. In those scenarios, um, grab the, the hips. So right kind of in that groin area by the two back legs, you can grab there and whip your dog to the right or to the left. So whip them so they're behind you and then kick that other dog or step in, you know, whatever to separate the two. So that's one. So now you've created space. Okay. for you to get in the middle, which we're pet owners. That's just what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and, and so that's one scenario. If you grab there, it's really tender right there. So yeah. if somebody grabbed your inner thigh really hard, you're going to go, Oh, yes. Right. It gets your attention. Number one. So it stops your dog from behaving. Um, and then you can flip your dog out of the way. Now let's say in this little coercion, your dog is now kind of on the other side of you and you have that person's dog do that too when you grab there they're going to turn and look because you just kind of grabbed them in a little sensitive area there uh-huh. and then flip their dog and grab your dog and start running um just get out of the situation if we have what we call a latch scenario oh let me back up there's another thing you can do so if you can't get in close enough to like grab in that area and the dog has a tail Ah. grab the base of the tail as close to the butthole as you can yeah that's like somebody grabbing your butt right yeah somebody pinches you in the butt you're gonna turn and look yeah you grab that tail they turn you can grab the collar and again run the other way Mm -hmm. it's the moving away that people forget yeah they'll grab and they stand there Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay well you've got one dog now that you still have the other dog that's biting and lunging and snapping and, and getting in the mix. So it's grab and go. What if we're afraid to turn around, to turn, to, to get our backs to this, you know, aggressive dog or situation? Having your back to it is better than your front. A dog bite to the butt does not hurt nearly as much as a dog bite to the stomach. Yeah. Same thing, right? So when you grab your dog and you can turn it and you're now going to stand between the two dogs, um, having your, I hate to say it, having a bite to the leg is better than a bite to the hand. Yeah. You want to avoid sticking your hand in between the two. And that's unfortunately your first instinct, right? Like yes. the dogs are rah, 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 and you want to reach in and grab the collar. Mm-hmm. That's where you're going to get your hand bit. Yeah. And that's how it has happened to me before I had a dog latching on trying to latch on to my dog's neck and I grabbed it by the collar and and the foot and pulled it off and I got bit on the hand as the owner got there yeah yeah and that's just it it's our first instinct it really is you have to this is one of those pieces of information that you have to file away Uh and then in that fight or flight moment it needs to come out immediately and just remember grab the backside whether it's in the groin area grab the tail then when the dog turns and there's no longer any snapping near the face, grab the collar and then get out of Dodge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, when we train daycare staff, I, I tell all my daycare staff, I said, 
unfortunately you're probably, you know, going to get bit and it's going to be for not following the direction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's habit, right? Mm-hmm. But that's like when you see something hot falling off the stove and you go to grab it and you burn your dang hand. Mm-hmm. We know better. We know it's hot, yeah. but we're sticking yeah. our hand in there anyways. So yeah, I mean, as much as you can, don't stick your hand when it's that type of a, a fight scenario. Yeah. Even your arm, you know? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. It's just when your hand gets bit, there is no, and my hands have been bit a few too many times. um, There's no spot for that swelling to go. So you are in pain for weeks. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is. And and you have to use your hands for everything, right? So it's not like your hand can rest. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so, yeah, you're, you know, it's, it just takes so long for hands to heal that, at all costs, try and avoid your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've stuck my knees in there and my legs. Um, you know, I can sit with my leg up and, and allow it to rest and, and your legs have a little bit more skin and, and areas for swelling, but, yeah. um, but your hands don't, you know, it's, it's the scary part. Plus if your hand is there, how close is your face to that hand? Oh yeah. Because yes. you've bent in. Yeah. Yeah. And if the dog redirects on you, which sometimes they do, right? It's like in the middle of the melee, they don't uh-huh. know. They just know they're being attacked and uh-huh. they're going to lash out and they turn and you've got your hand and your face close to there. You could get bit by your own dog. Yeah. Um, and that's sad and scary within itself. So avoid sticking our hand in there, grab from the backside, pull and go. So that's one scenario. If you have the latch scenario where the dog comes up and grabs a hold of your dog and is not going to let go and is shaking your dog like a rag doll. Mm -hmm. um, And if there's no owner available, you need to grab a hold of the aggressive dog and stand over it. You're going to squeeze that dog between your legs and you're going to grab the collar and try and stop it from shaking your dog. Ah, yeah. So with the latch, there's time, right? Because he's got a yes. hold. But when yeah. he shakes, now he's tearing tissue mm-hmm. and things within your dog. Yeah. So we want to try and get that to not shake. And then the waiting game kind of starts because yeah. if you don't have any tools on you, uh huh, we need this dog to relax enough to let go of your dog. Yeah. Now, there's a couple things that you can do. Um, and again, if you're solo, this is going to be really complicated. Mm-hmm. If people come up or if you can flag people to come up and help you, great. In this scenario, um, this is kind of a do or die scenario. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Um, take the leash off your dog who is stuck, right? Like your dog can't go anywhere. Yeah. He's stuck. If somebody can hold your dog still as well. If your dog is screaming, honestly, shut its mouth. Like that scream elicits the, oh, I have a squeaky toy. Yeah. And makes this dog want to eat your dog even yeah. more. It puts it more in a frenzy. It does. Yep. Yep. Because there is that kill instinct within Absolutely. dogs. And that's what this Absolutely. is. Absolutely. And honestly, it doesn't matter the breed of the dog. It truly yeah. doesn't. Yeah. Um, it's that whole, oh my gosh, I have something. Yeah. <laughs> gets them super excited. And so if you can get somebody to hold your dog still, well, again, you, you're trying to maintain this aggressive dog from shaking your dog and causing more damage. 
you need a leash or a rope or a slip lead, you know, whatever. Yeah. You're going to wrap it around the other dog's neck. You'll pull the clip through the handle. So in essence, you're making a uh-huh. slip lead. Yeah. You are going to choke this dog out. Yeah. You are going to lift up until the dog passes out. Yeah. So when you are on a walk where you don't have any tools, um, don't start smacking the dog. Don't, you know, kick the dog. Right. Like don't do things that are going to amp up the energy. We need to be quiet. Um, Choking them out is 90% effective. Do we run the risk of choking the dog out and that dog dying? Potentially. There is that that potential. Um, So pros and cons, your dog may live. This dog may not. Both dogs may live. You know, our concern at this point is getting this dog to release from your dog. So you can't take both to the vet like this. So you need that dog to release. It has to let go. And in whatever manner we can get it to let go is super important. Mm -hmm. Now, if you can't get to the leash, right? You're solo. You've got the aggressive dog between your thighs. You've got a hold of the collar because you're trying to get it to stop shaking. Um, what do you have available to you? You have your hand. You can try plugging their nose. Uh, so shove your fingers way up there because if the dog can't breathe, it has to open its mouth. Yeah. Um, so that is another scenario that you can work with. If you happen to have something um, that, you know, if you have a cane, if you um, have keys or just anything that you could whack the dog, you're going to whack across the bridge of the nose. You know, we've all at some point in our life been in the bridge of the nose and you feel a little faint and your eyes start to water (laughs) and your face gets red. It stings. Absolutely. Same for a dog. Yeah. Same for a dog. Even if you can find, you know, if somebody comes up to help you and there's a stick and when I say whack, I mean, whack. You know, as the vet always tells me, I can fix a broken bone. I can't fix a dead dog. Yeah. So whacking a dog across the bridge of the nose. And I'll tell you from experience, it takes about three whacks and that dog will open up its mouth. And now again, because you're holding the aggressor, as soon as it lets go of your dog, you get that dog off. Right. So somebody always has to be holding the dog that's the aggressor. Because as soon as it opens its mouth, it's going to want to go back and bite again. And you mm-hmm. need to be focused on pulling them off. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you're either stepping on Fluffy's leash or some good Samaritan has come over and can hold Fluffy's leash so Fluffy doesn't take off. Um, but yeah, now you've got that aggressive dog off. Now the scenario goes, what do I do with this aggressive dog yeah. I have in my hand? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So lots of scenarios there. Um, if somebody has a car, they can throw the dog in. Uh, if you happen to have a backup leash that you can, you know, you see a fenced yard. I hate to say throw the dog in the fenced yard, but mm-hmm. you know, if you, if a dog hasn't come out while you're outside there, put yeah, that dog it, it in the won't, yard. There isn't one then, there. Yep. And then go knock on the door and say, please don't let your dog out. I have an aggressive dog in your yard. I don't know who it belongs to. Um, 911 is always good. However, mm-hmm vet care for your dog needs to be more important. Yeah, absolutely. So you can 911 it to make sure an officer comes to handle the aggressive dog. And then you book it to the vet. If there's a good Samaritan there, ask them to take your dog to the vet, you know, so pick and choose your scenario, but getting yeah. your dog to the vet ASAP, like needs to come next. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's been scenarios where people have waited, you know, waited for the police to show up to give a statement and da da da. And in the meantime, you know, Fluffy isn't receiving vet care. And, and I get that everything needs to be documented. Oh, yeah. But you've got to get vet care for your dog. Yeah. Um, if there's anything identifiable on the aggressive dog, like a rabies tag or something like that, uh-huh. take a picture of it quick. Cause that's going to be one of the things your vet's going to ask you. Oh is yeah. The other, is the other dog up to date? Yeah. And you don't want to put your dog through a rabies tests. Oh my test goodness. And all that stuff that is on top of everything else that has just transpired. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that just gets to be horrendous. But yeah, so so in your two scenarios, the one where it's an active fight, there's a rah, 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 a yeah. lot of growling and snapping back and forth. Um, I will say it's a little bit easier because, you know, the dogs are moving. Yeah. When it's that latch scenario, time is your friend in the sense of you have time to maneuver and and call for help and get things. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it it's harder on your dog and it's harder on you because you're literally standing there watching this dog bite your dog. This is a hard conversation to have, but, and not just because we've walked dogs professionally and we've taken other people's dogs out and, and it's the number of dogs that we've taken out. This has happened to me in my own life, in my own, with my own dogs that I would be walking anyway. So it does, it, it happens more than we know. And I think it's something that we do have to practice and keep in the back of our mind that what are we going to do when this happens? Because it's important. Your life or your dogs could depend on it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, There have been scenarios and I have not had to encounter one, thank goodness, where there was a pack of unleashed dogs. Yeah. So now you have two to three unleashed dogs running at you Mm. and you have your dog on a leash. And if you can get them to stop, great. Or the pack of dogs comes after your kid who's riding their bike and you're jogging next to them, or you're out for a family walk or that scenario. When the pack of dogs wants to come in and attack, your only option is to flee. Yeah. That is your only option. If there is a truck, throw your dog, throw your kid, yourself, jump into the truck, get to higher ground. Mm -hmm. Do not curl up in a ball. Oh yeah. They will eat you. Yeah. This is not wildlife. Not a bear. (laughs) Not a bear. (laughs) Um, And it's the pack mob mentality, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. So you need to get to higher ground. You need to get something between you and them. Yeah. Um, you know, if you have your kid, throw your kid up in the tree, you know, mm-hmm. keep them safe because being small, they're going to scream more. Yeah. You, you know, this is where the don't scream. You know, if you want to go, Rawr! get back, kennel, good home, you know, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. But no high pitched screaming. So if you're going to be in an area where there's open space, where it's a path, it's a trail. I know Denver has a beautiful, I don't know, 30 some mile trail. It goes all around the town. If you were just listening to this and maybe you didn't have your dog with you, would you be taking those poppets with you? 
I have them almost everywhere. <laughs> I have them in my car. Yeah. Um, I do. And, and here's the thing. They work for dogs and they work for humans too. Oh, yeah. You get some sketchy dude following you. And I'm sorry, I'm a girl. So I'm saying. Oh dude, yeah, women, we have to think of this. You know, following me. And, and I, I've had it happen. Yeah. Um, we were actually out looking for a lost dog. It was at night. Uh-huh. And we're walking neighborhoods. And yeah, I noticed this guy every time I would turn down, he was turning too. And I'm like, okay, I'm randomly turning, yeah. looking for a dog. There's no reason this person is turning the same direction. Mm-hmm. And he was getting closer and closer and closer. And I had my training coat in my car, which I had put on because it's got reflective gear on it. And reached in, grabbed a handful of pocket poppets. And I turned and I started running towards him and I threw them. And I'm like, get out of here. And he turned and screamed and ran away from me. I think he thought I shot him. Um, oh, yeah. Or shot at him. Because yeah, as women, yeah. we uh, we need those kinds of things. And and yeah, this is about dogs. And yeah, this is about aggressive dogs. But aggressive dogs aren't the only thing that we need to be worried about. It, it can be aggressive humans. And, uh, and especially in open space and protecting ourselves. It's really about protecting ourselves and our dogs. Well, in the last six months, how many dog walkers have we heard that were shot and the dogs were stolen? <gasps> yeah. That compressed air can, it sounds like a mace canister. They don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. What um, about a, an air horn, you know, one of those things? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. I have two staffers that walk to work um, and yep, they both carry those. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I hate to say that you, you have to be prepared yeah. for plan B. You have to be prepared for plan C. It's, it's always the after the fact of, well, if I would have had, or if I would have yeah. done. Yeah. Um, so I prefer to try and not live with that hindsight piece. I try and bring mm-hmm. that to the forefront. Yeah. Um, and men can use some of these tips too. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, they're stronger. They absolutely are stronger than me, but Rather than getting hurt, getting big, you know, these are just as applicable. It's not because I, uh, I don't no, have as much strength as a man that I, I, it's only for me. No, I mean, two guys would overrun one guy real quick. Yes. It, it's just that simple. In yeah. fact, I think Lady Gaga's dog walker was a man. Yes, and he then, was. Uh, yeah. Yep. The, yeah. Yep. You know, so again, people are stealing dogs. I know. It's, it's a sad reality. I mean, yeah. I remember back in the day, our dog wasn't on a leash, wasn't fenced in and just hung out in the yard. Like yeah. nobody would have thought to steal my dog. <laughs> yeah. I used to have beautiful collies when I was a kid and nobody, no. I never imagined anybody stealing that dog. No, but now uh, it's a reality. Yeah. It is a reality. And uh, so you have to be prepared, male, female, doesn't matter. You mm-hmm. have to be prepared. Um, yeah, my poppet scenario. I love telling that story. In fact, I signed myself up for self-defense class shortly thereafter. Um, and, uh, the self-defense instructor said, you use your feet a lot. And I said, well, yeah, I'm used to protecting against dogs. I'm not like, that's my, that's my go-to. Um, so yeah, he worked with me on some, some arm techniques and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it was just, I had never thought of it. I mean, I'm in a small town in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd never crossed my mind and I'm in my forties that some rando dude might want to try and tackle me. And yeah. 
And again, my focus was on the lost dog. I had hot dogs in my pocket. I had my flashlight. I had a slip lead. I had a bag of crinkly treats. You know, I I had all my training things on me to find this lost dog. And that, that is where, when this gentleman was following me and I was just like, okay, I can't throw hot dogs at him. Um, I got a leash. I could whip him with it. Like, (laughs) I mean, I was running through my head. What do I have on me? And uh, thank goodness I was wearing my training coat. So I had my poppets and yeah, I just ran towards him screaming at him and threw the poppets and mm-hmm. he screamed and ran away. So, um, so these things are applicable. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cause it can be a man. It can be a human. It can be a, a dog. It can what. be a pack of dogs. It can, it could be a mountain lion, you yeah. know, in the areas that I've lived in, it could be a mountain lion. It could be a wild turkey. Those are aggressive too. It, yeah. it can be a number of things that stalk and prey after humans when you are living your life as humans move into suburbia absolutely Uh, a friend of mine was getting out of her car she actually owns a daycare she's in orlando florida getting out of her car at her house about to pull out her two dogs and a cat ran up and bit her the cat had rabies oh now again we are trained professionals so Uh the cat bites her what does she do she grabs the cat (laughs) it goes and throws it in her garage it also bit her hand. Oh. But she has it now in her garage because she did that thinking that her dogs were going to jump out of the car and kill the cat. Uh-huh. So that was why she did what she did. She she uh-huh. didn't think, oh, this thing has rabies. Yeah. I should grab it. She just thought, oh my God, my dogs are going to tear this cat uh-huh. apart and it's probably my neighbor's cat and they're going to hate me forever. So she just grabbed it quick, threw it in her garage as it's scratching and biting her. Then gets her dogs out of the car, gets into her house, looks at her hands, and is like, ow, crap, um, calls animal control, goes outside, talks to the neighbor across the street who says, oh, yeah, you might want to go to the hospital. Um, I'm pretty sure that cat hangs out over at so-and-so's house, and there have been several rabies. Yeah, it is still she, around. She had to get, um, no, so it's no longer the 12 shots in the stomach, by the way. Oh, good. Um, but it is a series of, I believe, four shots and you get the shot where you were bit. So in her ankle, which was extremely unpleasant and in her hand. And that is unpleasant too. You got all those nerve endings there. Yeah. And she's a professional dog walker. So yes, you're going to use that hand again, as you said. Yeah. Yeah, It was horrible. Um, And apparently they're, they were having a very bad rabies epidemic down mm-hmm. in that area that she had no idea of yeah, yeah. Um, because during one of her shots, she had to sit at the hospital for two hours and wait for them to fly in more rabies vaccines oh. from another area. Wow. So like you said, wildlife. Yes. Um, and it, it may not be rabies. It might be distemper. You know, mm-hmm. they carry diseases yeah. that we vaccinate our domestic animals for. Uh-huh. And they are transferable in certain scenarios if you are bitten. Mm-hmm. So always a good thing. Always it's a good always thing. a good thing. To, you know, it's worth the expense of going to the emergency room. You know, in the, in the long term, it's a, probably going to be a less expense if you do get bit for you to take your pet to the vet and then you to go to the emergency room. Absolutely. Then the long-term ramifications of of those transferable illnesses to humans. I need yeah. to think about it. Yeah. And after her scenario, I do think about it. Yeah. Rabies is not 
curable if it has infected you and most people die from it you know and poppets i think they would be good to have in your hand as you let the dogs out just in case if they are trained to understand what they are yeah when i throw the poppet you know when we're working with i throw the poppet and i throw a hot dog good right it's not a big deal Mm-hmm. It's, it's also a great way to work on desensitizing your dog, like we for talked about in our last fireworks. episode of, you know, for the fireworks piece. Yeah. And, and if you live in the country, gunfire and whatever else um, yeah. might transpire with those loud noises. But it's, uh, it's pretty funny. And Walmart carries those poppets all year long. So you don't just need to buy them in the summer. <laughs> and poppets, because I do live next to a very dry area. Are they like fire? Are they not real fire? They're just some sort of little... Pop, yeah, they're not gun smoke um, kind of. Yep, yep, yep. Um, it's it's a for lack of like a gunpowder thing, but yeah, like it it sparks the concrete. So if you throw them in the grass, they're not going to go off. Uh, okay. And once they're damp, and this is why I have to swap them out frequently. But once they get wet, they won't pop. Good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that is the nice thing about um, the fact of you know it's not like a lit flame or anything like that. And once it breaks open, it's done. There's no residual piece to it um, that could possibly cause a problem, but yeah. yeah which is fun. why they can sell them at Walmart all year long. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a comical thing to purchase. Um, highly effective and very affordable. Gosh, I, you know, I really, I'm so glad you brought those up today. I didn't know. And now I know when, yeah, I'm going to Walmart to get myself some poppets because if I can avoid a problem like that, you know, first I'm going to have to desensitize my very sensitive violet to that. <laughs> I, mean, I think I can do that in the backyard with the hot dogs. And uh, yep. I tell people all the time, like, just, you know, sit where you're, you know, 20, 30 feet away from your driveway. Um, Cause you need to have that hard service. And I literally, I, I'm sometimes I kind of cheat and I just hold the entire hot dog in my hand. And I'm like, oh. oh, isn't this good? And I'm letting them eat it, you know, and they're, it's almost like a game, right? Cause they have to like pull it apart. And then I chuck one, good, yeah. And then I chuck another one, you know. So they're hearing it while they're playing this game of trying to get all the hot dog out of my hand, yeah, or the string cheese or whatever it is. That I just think that's yeah, that's amazing. I'm going to do that between now and the next time we talk. But I don't know if you want to talk about today. We were talking about earlier uh, how you have a new kind of find it um, yeah. type of a situ, something to talk about for dogs that find it just doesn't always work. Correct. Yep. So when you are in that scenario, you're on your walk and you're trying to do find it and your dog is already lost his marbles or your dog is not as food motivated. Yeah. Um, so I have to give credit here. Uh, Jay Jack is a trainer out on the East Coast. Um, he works with a lot of uh, prey driven, high drive type of dogs. So the technique that he uses is he utilizes play in his training. So he will play with the dogs, but he always has a marker word of ready. So he says ready, and then he gets out the tug toy, or he has the squeaker toy, or he goes and plays ball, but he makes it really exciting for about five minutes. And then he's like, good. And then we're done playing. And then you wait a couple minutes and you go ready. And the dog's like, oh my gosh, something really awesome is going to happen. Now, if your dog doesn't like to play, it could be a quick two to three minute like butt scratch and give them a scratchy scratchy all over the place. Just something that gets them super excited mm-hmm. and they want more. So the key is you premise it with ready. And now they know, oh my gosh, 
my, my parents are going to do something super fun and I'm super excited. So you've got aggressive dog barking and lunging at you. Your dog is like not having the treats, kind of ignoring you. You yep. say, ready? And he's like, oh my gosh, yes, something cool. And then you just say, ready, ready, ready. And just keep saying it and walking until you get past the thing. And then you can give the food or the praise if it's a tennis ball. Like you could have the thing with you if you yeah. wanted and then just play a quick little two minute game and then continue your walk. Um, the scenario that he gives is especially in apartment complexes, you're walking down the hallway. Oh, we're going to the elevator. You know, you're kind of not thinking about running okay. into somebody and all of a sudden someone opens their apartment door and goes to walk out. And now you're in a very small confined space. You can't really go anywhere. Right. And if the other person doesn't want to like go back into their apartment for a second, you can say, ready, 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 as you're walking past and your dog is laser focused on you because they know this awesome thing is going to happen. Um, we've just did uh, two reactive dogs with this technique and it worked great. Oh, yeah. Super great. We'd say, ready. And that dog would turn around and be like, oh my God, let's do this. And one dog, it was a squeaky toy. Um, so I just had a little squeaker I'd ripped out of a toy that I had with me oh, yeah. and I was like, ready, ready. And I'd act like I was going to squeak it, but I didn't squeak it till we passed the thing. Mm -hmm. And then I go squeak, squeak. Oh, good job. And then give lots of love and affection. Um, the other dog, it was just playing tug. So we'd play tug before our walk. So I would pra practice with them before the walk. Ready? Tug, tug, tug. Good. Yes. Oh, give them lots of praise. And then I'd be like, okay, let's go. So now we're going on our walk. And I didn't have the tug toy with me, but we purposely walked past a house that has some highly reactive dogs behind the fence. We're coming up on the fence and you can read your dog's body language, right? Like, you oh, know, yeah. when Violet and, and, you know, that little tenseness that they get uh -huh. that opens up. As soon as I saw that, I was like, ready? That dog, it was like, he was a military trained dog. Like eyes were on me. I just kept going, you're ready. Okay, we're gonna do this. You're ready. You're ready. And we walked right by. So no food, nothing in my hands. It was simply he knew that me giving that ready command meant something really awesome was going to happen. As soon as we were past, lots of love and affection and cookies. And then when we got home, I did another little ready and we played tug just to reinforce the ready, the tug, and then it was a fun game. So oh yeah, it's another tool in your toolbox um, to utilize to get your dog through those special moments. I think it's also a wonderful thing because, you know, you get startled every now and then, and sometimes you can get out that one word ready and then keep on going. You know, yes. you're both in your own little world walking as I know I am. I, I enjoy myself when I'm out walking and uh, do the ready. And then you both can keep on going. Sometimes you can't get your hand in that little pocket fast oh, enough yeah. and you're like, yeah. You're fidgeting or, you know, I'm in Wisconsin, so we have winter, so we're wearing layers and I'm like, yeah. take my glove yeah. off, try and get into my treats. Yeah. So it's a way to do it, to, to utilize yeah. technique just verbally and keep your dog focused. So the key is practice before your walk, do a little game, go for your walk and then do it again when you get home. Yeah. Snap them out of that, that startled moment because that does happen to us from time to time and food just doesn't matter. <laughs> no, no, no. When they're, when, when the adrenaline is going and yeah. uh, the emotions are flowing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but they do have their words. I think that their words are very important to them. Your marker word, even, you know, every time that they do something and you say good or yes, I tell yeah. people a lot of times, if your dog's taken off, going the opposite direction, use your marker word yeah. instead of come. Cause you'd use that marker word. They go, Oh, 
oh, that means something really awesome happened. Uh, and Food. Then back. Yeah, yeah, I do that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's no different when we're when we're trying to bribe our dogs. We're like, yeah. do you want a treat? Do you want a treat? Uh-huh. You're trying to bribe them into doing something. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, bribery works great. I mean, hey, if I was if I was bribed to lose weight and exercise, I'd be doing it all the time, right? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> That I'm bribed by uh, having a frappuccino somewhere. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Food is my reward. I admit it. I am food driven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I could, I could talk with you all day because there's so <laughs> much to learn. Uh, you have so much to there's teach so much and, to and uh, you know, this has been very educational and very real world. And if we never have to use it right on, but if we do have to, if we do end up in one of those scenarios, uh, you know, we can think about, you know, in the moment, what do we do and what Absolutely. don't we do? Yeah. And that's, you know, if anything, if, if you're in that scenario and it triggers you to say, oh shit, hopefully you remember this, this yeah. podcast and Absolutely. some different techniques that you can use to get yourself out of that situation. And it is hard and it is scary. Um, if I wasn't in the business, I would have still run into these scenarios yeah. um, based on yeah. the fact that I have dogs and I take them for a walk. But, um, but yeah, the, the best thing you can do is try and be prepared. Don't be anxious about it. Just be yeah. prepared. Just yeah. know that you have the knowledge and you have the tools to handle the situation. Absolutely. Those oh shit moments come and hopefully, uh, you know, for me, they've come and I, but I've been in my own little world and I've done it, you know, I've gone past those and I'm out walking and enjoying my walk again. And, you know, the next time it happens, I'll, I'll be as ready again. But um, I think preparation and knowing what you're going to do is, is better. And you can kind of let go of some of that fear because you know what you're going to do, the when or if it happens. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. You've said it perfectly. It's just knowing that you can handle it when it happens and, and moving forward and you know, after those, after any of those scenarios, once you're safe, give your dog a hug and breathe. Both need to breathe. That is very traumatic and stressful. Yeah. It also lets go with some of that anxiety. Some of those, what is that stress hormones that pop up the adrenaline? Let some of the adrenaline go. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Yeah. It's super, super important to, uh, to breathe. Um, Because yeah, otherwise we'll hold on to the trauma and we need to let it go. Yeah, and I know in in future months with you, I want to talk more about doggy daycare because we haven't gone real in depth. So we're going to talk about that in the coming months. Uh, it's more than just driving up and dropping them off. There's a process, and and also what goes on behind the scenes a little bit. Uh, you know, you do have people who are real professionals and trained, and and uh, I think. Uh, it's more than what always meets the eye. And it's kind of fun to know because you want to know your pets in real good hands. So we're going to go a little more in depth on that in the coming months. I'm excited for that. That sounds great because yeah, there is, there's a lot of misconceptions. (laughs) Oh, you don't just sit on the floor and get puppy kisses all day. (laughs) Well, you know what you clean up at home? We clean up at work too. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. You do get that love, but yeah. Yeah. When people people ask me what I do for a living, I tell them I'm a professional poop picker upper. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they either ask more (laughs) questions or they just go, Oh, okay. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to that. And then there's, you know, there's more topics we're gonna uh, touch on and 
you know, should anybody have a question for Eve, please email them in through the Wag Woof Love website. I'll be certain to ask her. Um, and, uh, you know, we may be able to answer them uh, some week on the show. Absolutely. You know, there's Google is your friend, but yes. Google also can have a lot of misinformation. Um, so if people have heard things about their pets or techniques or things that they should or shouldn't do, certainly ask those questions. Um, we can talk about it in a philosophical manner, um, you know, and, and talk about pros and cons to things. I'm, I, I obviously I use tools, right? I use a, the compressed air and the poppets and things like that. So I'm not afraid to have those kinds of discussions as well. Um, you know, I always look at safety first. Yep. Uh, because again, the vet can't fix a dead dog. Yeah. So and happy, happy and healthy, well. you know, Absolutely. is what we want. Absolutely. You know, better connections with our humans, better connections with our animals um, makes us all happy. Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. That's why we own pets, right? We uh -huh. all want to be happy with our pets. Yeah. Oh, yeah they, they add so much to our lives and it's so it's rewarding giving to them and uh, and and doing for them as much as they do for us. Absolutely. Well, I look forward to chatting again next month and uh, sharing some more information. Uh, thanks again.